When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Hello and welcome to the Newcastle Nutter. My name is Fergus Craig and I am joined by Paul Doolan. Hello. And Dave Watson. I'll read. Well... I can't remember the last time we had a podcast where we were able to talk about a Newcastle United victory. We have had our first win of the season. It was against Burnley. As I understand it, this is uh, how each of us experienced it. Dave, you managed to actually watch the game itself, our first win of the season. Mm -hmm. I missed the entirety of the game and I've only seen the highlights, uh, because I was away for a romantic weekend with uh, my common-law wife. And uh, Paul, uh, you didn't see the game live either, our first and only victory of the season. Why was that, Paul? Well, like a lot of your football fans, I was at an introduction to pottery class. Which the annoying thing is now, because I did that and we won, I might have to look into doing one every week just to try and keep the run going. This is the I thing. Have to say, I, I saw the, the photographs of your pots and oh, they're pretty good, mate. It's fun. I'm surprised you didn't just make an ashtray. Wow. You sound quite quiet, Paul. Are you hearing that, Dave? You know, no, sound. Okay. It sounds fine right. to me. It's fine. We'll carry on. That's just that's just pottery shame. That's not a that's volume just, issue. <laughs> all it is. That's just that's just because there's that's because you're sat right now in amongst <laughs> in amongst three ton of ceramics. But I just thought the only way I'm going to get my hands on any kind of cup as a Newcastle fan is if I craft <laughs> it myself. Nice. No, it was Beautiful. a birthday present that I couldn't get out of, and it was good. But you, but, uh, you then went ahead and and you managed to stay away from the result and then watched the whole thing. Yeah, the whole the full ninety, 90 minutes. minutes. Which, when it's Newcastle v Burnley, I think that's quite a commitment. Knowing you can fast forward through a Burnley game and still not doing it—that's that feels like more commitment than watching it live. <laughs> oh, certainly. So, um, I, th- Dave? I thought it was all right. Yeah, I, yeah. Like, it was. It was a decent. Like it's two teams at the bottom of the, the table, but it was decent. We we created opportunities. Certainly in the second half. First half, we weren't really at it. 
And then second half, we grew into the game more and more and more. And as the game grew stretched, and I think importantly, when was it Cornet, the um, the Burnley, is it Cornet or Cornet? Cornet. When he went off injured, like 90% of their attacking threat went with him. Um, I thought that allowed us to be a bit more bold with our, you know, in possession. We were, I thought we were good. I thought, um, I mean, we can go and talk about the individual players, but one thing I really wanted to say is you and I, Fergus, were saying that we thought Lascelles would come back into the team because he's the captain, even though we didn't really think he deserved it on form. But actually, he was really good. Yeah. You know, I mean, maybe the, the game suited him because it's big and physical, but it was, I thought he played really well, to be fair. Fair enough. That's nice to hear. Um, Paul, what were your impressions of the game? I think we were, we were pretty terrible for the first 20 minutes, but that looked more like nerves than anything else. We couldn't really string passes together. But after that, we looked fairly in control. I like The way we were looking for a second as well was quite encouraging. We weren't just... I don't think we're the sort of team who can necessarily predict a one-goal lead for that long. But I think the, the back four looked very decent. Jamal Lewis showed it wasn't just a fluke in the game before. He looks, so far, the last two games, has looked better than anything any of our left-backs have done for a long time. Mm. I thought Willock wasn't great, but was better than he has been. It's weird, attacking-wise, it's probably worse than we were against Norwich or Brentford, but we didn't need to be that good because we were just defensively so much more solid. Yeah. I think the caveat as well is it was a Burnley team that looked like they are definitely going down. You reckon? Yeah, they were very poor. They were very poor and wherever they go, uh, Tarkovsky and potentially Ben Mee, uh, there's a lot of talking about them leaving the club in in uh, leaving Burnley in January and wherever they go, like regardless of it's us, if it's to us or not, um, without them, I mean, Tarkovsky's their their absolute main man, and without them, without him, I think I, I think it's too big of an ask, especially if Corne is out I for mean, any distance, any length of time. Sorry. I would imagine surely those two are going to see out the season. I know the contracts are ending, but they're in a relegation battle. It's much more financially damaging to, to go down than to lose a player for no transfer fee. Yeah, so, I kind of, I agree. Most players, that's a pretty mercenary move to move at a, a club that you've been at for a long time at this stage. It doesn't reflect that's, very well on those players either if they, if they were to push for a move in January. I don't, I don't know because I think with it... It's reasonable for players like Tarkovsky and me to to be um, angling for a move after they've been such a loyal loyal servants to the club for however long they've been there. I don't know, but for for them to to say, you know, come on, enough's enough. I'm at, like Tarkovsky certainly is a top of the table, yeah, like wait, top half of the, the end table. Of the season. Way to the end of the season. But what about the like getting into the uh, World Cup squads? What about? You know, if if he's got an opportunity to move now, um, 
I don't know. Like, why would he put it put it on hold for a, for half not, a season? It's not going to be. Up Do you know what I mean? Players, though, is it? If you look at it from Burnley's point of view, if they're their best chance of keeping them up, then unless they're offered 120 million quid for the two players, it doesn't financially match what they lose by going down. So they'd be mad to sell them at Christmas. Unless they've got replacements get, lined up. You could get a situation like um, like a Fraser at Bournemouth where Fraser wanted a move, didn't get it, so then essentially just down tools. And I'm not saying it's... Yeah, that possibly, did not reflect well on him as a, on him as a player. No, that was... No, no. career has not well, gone very well was, since... He was technically out of contract by then, but it was then the extra games. Oh, I see. Wise, he was out of contract, but there were still more games because of COVID. And oh, I see. Very exceptional I, situation. Yeah, 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 yeah. Then, then fine. But it, it could just be that you need a motivated and, and um, committed Tarkovsky and, and me to stay up. And if if they are, if well, they I'm, get suitors in January where it's like, not us, I'm talking like, I don't know, like if, if Everton come in for them, like Everton's a, Everton are a club that got some very good players, they've got like a, a very good manager and they've got aspirations, of certainly aspirations of Europe. Um, if Tarkovsky gets that kind of opportunity in, in January, that could be the last time he gets an opportunity like that. Or like I Arsenal, maybe. I think reading between so. the lines, Dave, you want Tarkovsky to come to us. So even though it doesn't make a load of sense, you've decided there's a logical reason why it would happen. Honestly, gonna, be, no prefer- club is going to go, oh, no, we wanted you at Christmas, but now you are now you literally cost nothing. We're not interested. <laughs> <laughs> to be honest, I'd prefer Sven Botman. Um, well, we've been linked to Tarkovsky. Him, we? Yeah, I, I, like, I like Sven Botman. But... Um, I mean, we're getting away from the game. Uh, I wanted to mention Almiron. Sven Botman, Sven Botman oh, sounds, sounds like a Harry Enfield uh, <laughs> porn character. <laughs> you guys, because you, you here it comes. It's me, Sven Botman. Because you, you two didn't Bot- grow up. You didn't like grow up in 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 Newcastle, so you might not know Sven's books. Have you heard of this? No. Sven's book was uh, an erotic fiction bookstore in, wow. in the centre of town. Um, right. Yeah. It was quite famous. Well, because it was... Well, there you go. Well, fucking... then it's, it's got even more... Um... Send him pictures of that instead of the Tyne Bridge. The bridges. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Sven's books. So, I don't um, know if... It, I doubt it's still open because the internet exists. So why would you go into a store to buy porn when... You know. So we we've sphered away from we spend away from the uh, <laughs> the game. Oh God, sorry uh, everyone. <laughs> we've uh, we've left the game for a moment, probably because primarily because me, the host of the podcast, um, did not see any of it, so I don't really know what questions to ask. Because whilst it was going on, I was um finishing off a crap of bordeaux on a boulevard <laughs> how fucking how fucking middle class are you two one of you's at an international pottery you? <laughs> and the other one's sipping sipping a, a bordeaux on the seine yeah it's quite right. yeah you know, we're both you would never this. fucking you would never be caught drinking wine by a river <laughs> <laughs> we're gonna miss the leicester game because we're, we're making a tagine together as well <laughs> <laughs> Um, so, uh, is it, what should I be asking before we well, have I wanted a break, to? We've both got an opportunity to say 
Uh, any final observations? Well, we should probably talk about the goal. That, that Go feels on. like a oh, big moment. Yeah. The goal. Oh, there was a goal, was there? <laughs> <laughs> I initially worried it was going to get ruled out because VAR, you kind of think any kind of challenge on the goalkeeper does get ruled out. But then you look and realise there is no challenge on the keeper. He's just done something really thick. It was really interesting. I think it was on match of the day where um, one of the pundits said the further that the goalkeeper gets from the line, from his goal line, the less like protection he'll get from the referee because it's almost like, well, what are you uh, fucking doing out there anyway? So it, you know, if 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 that had happened on the goal line, we might not have received the, the like the uh, the decision wouldn't have gone our way. But um, I, I have to say. Cracking awareness by Wilson, the composure yeah. by Wilson to take that touch to to like almost like pivot around that that mess of players, and then to to stick it into the roof of the net. Beautiful, absolute top tier finishing. He is integral to our yeah. um, chances of staying up because nobody else on the pitch would have would have scored that. Anything else? Almiron was say, yeah. was a lot better. Almiron was a lot better um, coming in from the right. He had a couple of opportunities. First one was a good save from Pope. And the second one, it took a deflection. Both of them were going in. Both of them were, were decent finishes. And it's just on another day. So I think that through uh, ball from Wilson for Almiron as well. It's the first time we've seen mm-hmm. Almiron linking up quite well. That, I like the look of that as a front three. Almiron, yeah. Wilson and Joel Linton. That's a proper pressing unit as well. Yeah. Well, Eddie Howe was looking like he, he was favouring Brian Fraser, who obviously started in the Norwich game and through mm. no fault of his own, uh, only played 10 minutes, thanks to Kieran Clark. But um, Still angry about that. Would, yeah. <laughs> Still annoyed at Kieran Clark. <laughs> it, would end up, it would be end up being quite an injustice if uh, the player who lost his place in the side, thanks to that incident, was not Kieran Clark. But Ryan Fraser, <laughs> Karen Clark returns in the next game, um, but Ryan Fraser's out. That but I was... think I think it was a that's a tactical decision because with Ryan Fraser, his talent, his ability is to put crosses into the box, and if there's one thing that the the Burnley back four are really fucking comfortable with is dealing with crosses in the box. Very apart nice. from Nick Pope, that game. It's okay. nice having a um, manager who changes the lineup based on who we're playing and their weaknesses. Yeah. <laughs> this is novel. Interesting. Get used to that. So uh, let's have a break now. And after the break, um, I'm sure we'll get into some of your correspondence on Twitter. And I'm sure that'll bring up some more points about the Burnley game and any games that might come in the future. See you in a moment. If you want an e-bike that doesn't look like it's made for the shopping precinct, something that's less Mr Bean and more Steve McQueen, check out the range of bikes from London-based Cooler King. From dope 250-watt city bikes to Harley Bobber-inspired 750-watt beasts that can tear your face off while leaving your smile intact. Cooler Kings are made in limited numbers, yet highly affordable. Check them out now on the web at cooler.bike 
or find them on Instagram with hashtag CoolerKingBike. Cooler.bike. E-bikes that are cool AF. Hello, welcome back to the Newcastle Natter. Uh, it's me, your host, Fergus Craig, still here with Dave Watson and Paul Dillon. And I don't know about you guys, I don't. I imagine you don't feel the same. But I, I just, I find it hard to get enthusiastic about podcasts after we've won. <laughs> <laughs> I just see, like, the, the Newcastle Natter as, like, just a vent to, like, moan about stuff. I'll often, c- contrary that I am, end up moaning about Newcastle fans moaning about us being shit. But, like, I just, like, moaning. And <laughs> we've won. And I didn't see the game, to be fair. But, what's, I mean, apparently there's things to talk about. Um <laughs> Dave, apparently there was a nice piece in The Athletic about Joe Linton you wanted to talk about. Was it nice? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, it was good. It was speaking about... Right. Fuck off, right? It was good. (laughs) Good. Good. (laughs) Anything anything more specific than that? It was was talking about how he's taken it upon himself to improve his game and he got in touch with uh, his agent like, you know, the agency that represents him, and they put him in touch with, uh, like, a, it's like an, it's called Outlier FC or something like that, and and they help players improve their game by, um, you know, dedicated analytics, dedicated um, suggestions for their coaching, you know, away from the, from the, from the, the training ground and how he's come on leaps and bounds because of that extra effort he's putting on uh, putting into the game away from the club. And I just think that's that's a real mark of his character. And I think he's he's certainly changing my opinion of him, not just with his improved performances, but when you hear about stuff like that, this it it suggests that he's he's not just like because other other big flops just a pretty just take the money. Yeah. Other big flops could just like take the money. I'm not performing that well. I don't really get on with the management fucking fine I'll pick my money and go like like Luke is a decent example but Joe Linton's putting in the graft on pitch and in the training ground and even away from the tra- it does feel odd to Luke, be going um, into games thinking I hope Joe Linton doesn't get injured <laughs> yeah. not that I was going into yeah. them before hoping he did but he well, feels he's, he's kind got- of like a key player now yeah, he's gone from one of the, the players that you'd roll your eyes at when you saw him on the team sheet. And go, oh, for fuck's sake, well, maybe everybody's injured and that's why he's playing. To now, he's got to be one of the first names. Well, um, Felice Flabby Dad on Twitter says, nice. given that Joe Linton is absolutely definitely destined for next season's Ballon d'Or, which former Newcastle players would you most like to see given the Eddie Howe treatment now I can already see a narrative building where it's becoming Joe Linton was shit and then Eddie Howe came in and sorted him out as a player but as a long term defender of not Steve Bruce but Truth uh, he did he has been one of our better players all season hasn't he he's been one of our better players all season but he has also improved since Howe came in. He's sure. been played 
in the way he's basically before he seemed like a diesel car that we were putting unleaded in and now it's sort of he's being played where he should but the graph uh, the graph of improvement for joe linton the 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 upward trajectory in his performances started in the reign of steve bruce but who who maybe (laughs) didn't it start with the reign of graham jones (laughs) Yeah, I think, I think it was before. Yeah. It was small season. We were like, we've been saying, I can't believe Joe Linton was actually quite good in that game. Anyway, so um, my point on that very quickly is just that he started this outside of the, the training ground training and and, and analysis in the so summer. Funny. I've just it's all clicking for me now. It's like it's like the athletic. As as like found a way that they can like quick quick how do we distance Steve Bruce from this story in any way possible? Give everyone yeah. Okay. <laughs> I, uh, what I, what I can take away from this, Fergus, is that you found something to be annoyed about after yes. a win. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah. you're back in the game. Good. So but um, I think as well, it was Steve Bruce who was playing him as a lone number nine, which is baffling when you look at. Mm-hmm. Fair enough. So Bedford Mag says, with the shite direct signs down, sports direct, Bedford, have some respect. Who would, you, <laughs> <laughs> who would you like to see as a sponsor around the ground? Would you like to see? I'd quite <laughs> like to see Viz magazine. Viz. What about yes. one of own? <laughs> What about Vogue? Sven's <laughs> books. Sven's books. Ben's books. Yeah. I was saying to Paul before we started recording, yeah, you know how the milk cup, well, you know, it used to be sponsored by milk, just like the... The substance. The, the substance, the food stuff, the, the cow piss. <laughs> I'd like us to be sponsored by rice. Yeah. Just one... <laughs> yeah. We could just we could just be sponsored by soil. It would be uh, that'd be fun. The rice bowl, yeah, basically anything. <laughs> but we will probably end up being sponsored by um, Aramco, Saudi Arabia. Yeah. Like just just to answer that question, like I don't give a shit who we're sponsored. Like I truly, as long as it's not you know loan sharks are us. I don't really give a fuck. I think it would be a good nod to the Saudis if it was Wilkinson Sword, maybe. <laughs> <laughs> I am just on the. I am on the. Uh, I am in favour of being sponsored by companies that that we could use, other than like. I'd rather not be sponsored by a, a gambling company if I could. Mm. But I like the days of like clubs being sponsored by like. Crown paints. Yeah, compared to like yeah, Gazprom. Yeah. Yeah. Again? Compared to like Gazprom. Exactly. Like, I'm not going to nip out at half time to the shop and get some Gazprom. <laughs> yeah, or like, what is it? What was Man U sponsored by? Like some AIG. AIG or whatever. I don't want to be sponsored by something like that or whatever Saudi Arabian oil company we're going to end up sponsored by. I'd like to just be sponsored by Twix. I tell you who'd be great, Newcastle Brown Ale, but yeah, yeah, that would that would be all right. 
What were Greenalls? We were sponsored by them in the 80s, weren't they? What was Greenalls? Was that a beer? It was a holiday company, wasn't it? Greenalls. Because it, it, it couldn't have been a were, beer company. I think they were a Russian gas giant. <laughs> in the communist era. <laughs> yeah. Is it not is it not like a, a cryptocurrency? Yeah, green oil. I don't think so. <laughs> oh God, why were we sponsored by Bitcoin? Uh, <laughs> oh, that'd be awesome. Okay. Um what else? Anything else to talk about? Anything oh Dave, you said that um here's something to get terrifically excited about. <laughs> Something to do with a freaking recruitment company. What is it? What is um, it? <laughs> uh, Newcastle United have employed. Hot news for football fans: a recruitment company has been hired. What is it? Tell Dave, me. Do you, do you feel like we've gone to meet our girlfriend's dad for the first time, and he's a cunt? <laughs> That's the vibe I'm getting here from Fergus. <laughs> Pretty much, yeah. <laughs> do, do, do you want to know? Do you want to know? Well, I'm sure our listeners are on tenterhooks. Tell us about the recruitment company. <laughs> <laughs> um, Newcastle United have employed a recruitment company to try and accelerate their um, appointment of a director of football or a transfer director or whatever they call it. When it sorry, um, when it comes to editing, do you want me to put some fireworks over that? <laughs> <laughs> This is, Look, this is this is an good example news. of the fucking minutiae of football fandom now. It used but I, th- to, I think it, it speaks it, to something something more abstract, which is, I think is in, important. Which is that these these new owners have in this it's a tacit admission that they don't know what they're doing, so have <laughs> given it to people who do, and I think that's that's better than. Depends on the recruitment company, isn't it? Sure, sure. But it, if it's, it's, it's if better it's the than one that I the used in, it, yes, <laughs> in the early noughties. <laughs> Could be Reed. Yeah. <laughs> they, just, they just put something on LinkedIn. That's it. I That's just it. hope they fax their timesheets over in time on a Friday. <laughs> <laughs> but no, it just, I think it's important that they've, you know, it's a tacit admission that we need somebody who knows what they're doing to do this. And they've handed it over to, a, uh, they've outsourced it, which I'd much prefer that than them bumble along in arrogance and, and ignorance and appoint a director of football like Dennis Wise. I think the downside to that news, though, is it means we're going into our most important transfer window with a team of people in charge of transfers who, by their actions, have admitted they don't know what they're doing. But I th- I th- we're I not going to have a director of football before then. Come on, Paul. Th- did you tell me you're not excited about the recruitment company getting involved? <laughs> Fuck off. <laughs> Honestly, she's not worth it. Your daughter is not worth this bullshit. <laughs> Sorry. Sorry. Really, just like, it's just the day-to-day, and... like, it's, it's you know, it's like with everything. It's because of, there has there's a constant drip, drip need for information to get excited about. So basically, the Athletic and the Chronicle have a desire mm. to constantly give us things to get excited about. And it's at the level now where we're like, Oh, there's a recruitment company being hired. <laughs> I mean, in our defence, we could have talked about our first win and clean sheet of the season for longer, but you didn't see it because you were swanning around the Rue de Lafayette <laughs> when I was at a pottery class. <laughs> 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 
<laughs> One other thing to mention is that the uh, the company that bought Strawberry Place beside the stadium has gone into administration. So we could talk about that if you like. Sure, sure. <laughs> how are um are we how, a town how... hall podcast now? <laughs> we don't have the authority. Can you just give me a rundown of what the top five estate agents in the Newcastle area are at the moment? <laughs> and how that might affect the club. <laughs> so, uh, right, what else? I'm just going to search through here to see if there are any questions about football. Um, 1UP Gaming says, I think with the players we have, we should still scrap 17th at worst, but with some smart loan signings, we could stay up easily, then build for next season. I think we will get three in three or four players in. What do you guys think? And there's, um, sorry if I don't name you, but you know, there's a, a few questions which uh, perfectly reasonably uh, is the common theme at the moment. Who do you think will buy? Who do you think we should be buying? Any other names popping up? We've mentioned, um, what's his name? Seymour Butts. What's his name? <laughs> Sven, Sven Botman. Yeah. <laughs> Who else? There was an article, was it Craig Hope in the Daily Mail was saying, the, the list that I think a few fans have found underwhelming of some of the targets we're apparently after. So there's the, the former Bristol left-back who Howe signed for Bournemouth that someone Lloyd or Lloyd somebody. Well, Lloyd Samuel. Might be. Not J. Lloyd Samuel. No. <laughs> okay. I... Right. Well, he sounds good. Anyone else? <laughs> well, there's Kieran Trippier. That, that yeah, rumour's right. not that going away. You've got uh, Tarkovsky and Ben Mee. There's rumours that we are willing to double their salary, but who the fuck knows? You've got Sven Bartman and uh, Jesse Lingard is... If you were to believe the reports in the paper, we'll offer him 200 grand a week to come and join us. Um, there are a couple of strikers that we've been linked with, but um, n- none of them are like really well known or are like, I don't know, they're, they're doing it in a league that's inferior to the Premier League. So there's always the Afonso Alves risk that, you know, they're not going to make the step up. Um, and given that we don't have anybody in place yet who is in charge of transfers, we don't really know, like, who is it going to be Eddie Howe sorting it out? If it is, then... From the way he's been talking, he said he's concentrating on the players that he has. And I feel like, I'm sure he's got some say in it, but I feel like he's sort of uh, allowing other people to decide on who we get transferred in. I'm sure he's given some kind of idea on the sort of players that he wants. Here's a question about Jesse Lingard, because, you know, he did great at West Ham. He's obviously a player who has a lot of talent and has sort of, what's the word, resurrected his career last season. Mm. Is he the sort of player we need or is he more of a case of, because I would say he, although I assume he would walk into the first team I'd say he actually sort of plays in the strongest position we have. Yeah. Is he he more of a player who um, is a sort of like a statement signing? Mm. Yeah, I think in terms of where we need to strengthen, that's sort of the least urgent 
where he plays yeah. the same like PSG have said they're willing to loan out Genie Van Alden and apparently Arsenal are interested and we're interested but he could come and relegate us again <laughs> but I think we we need a right back we need a centre back and we need a centre midfielder and we need backup for Callum Wilson I think mm. I think I'd if love we get Van Alden and back but then Van Alden's not the Type of central midfielder that we really need, which is like the the destroyer, the breaker up, the the person who like wins the ball back and then plays the simple pass. That's the kind of midfielder that we're really crying out for. Vinaldum is. Oh, there are, but not at the level that we need. There's plenty yeah. of plenty of like Michael Tong, Lee Catamol types out there who are a bag of bollocks, but put a shift in. Um, yeah. We need we need someone decent in that area. I think that that, that um, there's a Bubakar Samar, Sumar. Um, he's still on the radar. There's there's a couple of them out there. Um, but whether or not they'd be interested in coming to a club who's currently in the relegation zone, whether it'd be interested in coming to a club where their position is, you know, it's not. You know, they they really want to be in the Champions League or something like that. I don't know. Yeah, it's going to depend so where we are in the league. league. I just hope um, we don't end up signing people on loan who I'm sure we won't be aiming to do so, but like when Bentaleb came in, there was sort of like I think we were all hope with hope making an argument in our heads about how he could be really good for us. And I think I think the type of players we'll be looking at on loan are the ones that would disrupt the squad too much if we signed them permanently, because they'd be on sort of fifty grand a week more than our highest earners. I think it's mm. I think loans are going to be our best option. You've suddenly got, keep going about Aaron Ramsey, but there's that level of player who you can loan, who can make a difference to the first team. And it's not going to completely imbalance the squad. I've said it mm. before, I would love Christian Pulisic. Yeah. But if, if, if we can take a few players on loan who um, at the very least provide uh, competition for Almiron, St. Maximum, Joe Linton, Callum Wilson, for those, because the way that Eddie Howe plays, it is quite high energy, and certainly Wilson and St. Maximum got a history of picking up knocks and picking up injuries, and they might only be out for a game or two, but we need to, you know, we need to be able to compete in most of our games now. So, you know, if you pull in like Jesse Lingard and you play him like two games and then you play Almiron for a couple of games and then you play, like, that's fine if it's on loan, but not permanent. So before we talk about our next uh, match, which is against Leicester, which um, currently in my weekend plans I'm expecting to miss because I'm going to be taking my son to see Clifford the Big Red Fucking Dog, <laughs> um, which is its full title. Um, <laughs> uh, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to give you a question for Thomas Burkan just because it's a little bit provocative gets the people going he says do you think Rafa Benitez is the most overrated manager in world football I'll throw that to you Dave your face is already contorted in rage <laughs> no he's no Jose Mourinho is is Rafa Benitez overrated? I think in some sectors, definitely. I think so, some people have deified him. There are plenty of issues with his style of football. I don't think he's 
I don't think Everton's problems are solely his fault. I think there's been something rotten in the state of Denmark for a while. And I think that he's he's not got the fans on side, which is always difficult for anybody. Like Steve Bruce, your your paragon, uh, found out. It's it's just not working out from there. But I don't think he's I don't think he's overrated. He's one of the most trophied managers on the planet. So well, Everton you know, are a bit of a mess, aren't they? And maybe yeah. right. Maybe he is he is overrated by some Newcastle fans. I feel like, yeah, I'm going to um, reserve yeah. judgment to the end of this season on it because he's. I do think there is a chance he's sort of reached the end of his journey. It happens to all top managers. They reach a point where the game's evolved beyond them. Yeah. But then Everton have had such bad injury problems. And you look at their best players, it's been the ones that he's signed for next to nothing who've made an immediate impact, which suggests at least good acumen in the transfer market. I think if he wants to keep managing because he's obsessed with football and fair enough, I can see him sort of evolving into rather than a, or maybe he has actually already evolved into that. Like rather than a manager who used to manage top clubs in the same way that Roy Hodgson did, he basically have this, a similar career trajectory to Roy Hodgson, but although perhaps with some higher highs earlier on in a career, but then just becomes a manager who sort of helps people out with relegation battles. But I think as well, there's a feeling at the moment that to be a good manager, you have to play a sort of a German high press. And Mm. I would say you look at David Moyes versus Ralf Hasenhutl, I know who I'd rather have in charge. It's not, you don't have to be a high pressing team to be a good manager. I think it's just, he's not a fashionable manager at the moment, but I think his teams as well always perform better second half of the season. We found that with him. We always started badly. So I think... Reserve judgment on Everton until they've got at least some of their key players back. And I was wondering if we're destined to see a, a return to long ball. Because, like, you know, like high press was sort of um, brought into this is my very rudimentary understanding of it that it sort of became the, uh, the sort of like the antidote to Tiki Taka. And then it might become in the future a people will find that a way to beat the high press is just just to fucking lump it past them. Well, if you look at Liverpool currently, they are the most accurate long ball side around. They're they're really successful at playing really direct football to um, Salah and Mane um, to, to get on the end of it. And I mean, it's not lumping it to a big man, but it is like a long pass up the pitch to 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 try and get a, a goal early door. So I, I don't doubt that we could see a return to more direct football. I just don't think it'll be long ball, which is the, you know, Burnley, Allardyce, that style of long ball. I think in some ways we kind of play that way at the minute because we've not got the type of midfielder who can carry the ball from defence to attack. We've got Shelby playing like he did sometimes under Bruce, almost in front of the centre-backs, pinging long balls. They just they seem to be a lot, a lot more direct now and they're not as aimless as they were before and it is helping mm. us transition quite quickly. I don't think it's a, a bad system to play necessarily. 
No, because so, you've got options up there. Sorry, very quickly, Fergus, because because we're playing like with a front three now. You've got a, he's got a few options, and whichever option he picks isn't completely surrounded by two or three yeah. of the defenders, as Joe Linton was, because he was being played as a target man rather than a wide forward. Okay, so let's go into predictions for uh, Clifford the Big Red Dog. Uh, <laughs> I think he's going to be red. I think he's going to be big. He's going to be big. My son asked me, how big is Clifford the Big Red Dog? I actually don't know. How big is he? I said, maybe he's big as a house. How big is he? Predictions? How big? <laughs> I say big as a house, yeah. Yeah. Okay, so our next game is against Leicester. On Sunday, I think it's on Sky. Um, where is it? Is it a home game or it's away? an away game? But it's Leicester, away game. Leicester are playing away in Europe on Thursday night. Oh yeah, and isn't there like there's 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 talk of there being some COVID in the Leicester camp, so maybe it'll get postponed anyway. Well, I don't know. It's a it's a tricky one because Leicester have said there's seven players they've not taken to their European game because of a mixture of illness and COVID. So it's unclear how many of them have COVID. They're not on great form, are they, Leicester? No, they won their last game. Before that, they've been pretty, I mean, better than us in Everton, but not many others. So um, it's a way, but we've just got our first win of the season. I mean, they have just had a victory, but come on, Paul, give me a prediction. I think it's going to be one all. Dog. Go on. One all. One all. Okay, Dave? Not a classic, one all. One all? Okay, I'll go for 2-2. Two, two. Uh, mm. Yeah, I think, we'll, I think we'll, we'll get a point. I'd like to think we can maintain some... Momentum. I think if we win, oh. we can go out of the bottom three this weekend, which would be considering all yeah. the doom and gloom talk of like we're down. We're yeah, it's only it's only really um, Watford who've got what you'd put on paper as like a winnable game, and they're away to Brentford, and Brentford are doing quite well, and Watford are in pretty bad form. Everybody else has got like um, like Man U, like Leeds have got Chelsea, and Leeds are battered by injury. Um, Norwich have got. Um, like Burnley have got Man U I can't remember who Norwich have got but I don't think it fucking matters um, so it, it is possible if we beat Leicester and Watford lose I think there's got to be a three goal swing but it, it's possible we, we could get out of the bottom three the, the big thing for us is just building a bit more you know momentum and staying in touch and one thing I wanted to mention is we've got Cambridge in the FA Cup third round oh, I haven't yeah. seen them since 1992 Right. Okay. FA Cup third round. Are we at home or away? Home. home. You'd fancy that. Yeah. Hope so. Okay. Well, we'll talk about that close to the time. But in the meantime, thank you very much to Dave Watson. Cheers, Fergus. Thank you, Paul Dillon. Thank you. And thank you to Steve Bruce and you, the Newcastle Nittle. <laughs> 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 Are you okay, Fergus? Yeah. If you want to advertise on or sponsor this show, 
Check us out at playbackmedia.co.uk. Sports Social Podcast Network.